0: Welcome to this our first Active Oxfordshire uh, podcast Um, so we're excited about our work and we're even more excited that we've got a new medium uh, by which we can broadcast some of the things that really matter to us. Today we're going to delve into the concept of proportionate universalism A phrase that emerged in Sir Michael Marmot's examination of population health, health inequality, and which has found its way into the recently published um, Sport England um, strategy, Uniting the Movement. So to help us, we've assembled four fine people who share a a passion for sport and physical activity and the contribution it can make to a positive and productive society. Um, by introduction, we've, we've Andy Reid, who has over 30 years experience of government and sports policy, including 13 years as a, uh, an MP um, for, the, uh, for Loughborough, uh, and he's also the founder of the Sports Think Tank. Um, we've Martin Allison, whose working life was in leadership roles in, in local government, um, and who now provides um, astounding thought leadership across our sector, delivers leadership events for the LGA and Sport England. Of course, we've Paul Brivio, Chief Executive of Active Oxfordshire um, and a passionate champion of activity. And I'm John Oxley, just an enthusiast really, um, (laughs) who's spent a lifetime in in leisure uh, facility management. Now, if this works as it's intended, um, it should develop into an interesting chat and we hope that it will help to demystify a little um, this concept of proportionate universalism Uh, and we've got martin to thank for influencing sport england to sort of stand up and take notice of the concept and slide it into their new strategy so martin why don't you kick the discussion off um what did sir michael marmot conclude why is it so relevant to us in sport and physical activity maybe perhaps a little bit of context first martin
1: uh thanks john um yeah i'll I'll try and put this into a context that's relevant to today because this has been a journey we've been on for 12 months or more trying to unpick this so let's just put it in today's context um i think we've got four themes that will keep emerging in our conversation today the first is the sector is under threat. Uh, we need to manage recovery. We know the facilities problem is getting probably most of the, the, the press, but by no means that's the main the main problem. Um, public facilities are gonna run up against the problem with local government f- financing big time. So that's the context one. Context two is in inequalities is now racing up the agenda. Um, it was there before the pandemic, uh, John, you know, you've heard me talk at the Quest board about uh, efficiency versus effectiveness and the fact that uh, particularly around facilities we've improved efficiency, but the process of improving efficiency has squeezed out people and inequalities are getting worse and active lives continue to demonstrate that. Um, We've had uh, this girl, can really raise the profile of of women in terms of activity and the whole movement now around Black Lives Matter is really raising that whole equality thing. So second big context is how the heck do we deal with inequalities that are now going to get worse? The third is we're starting to see some traction around system thinking, system change, system leadership. Uh, Before the pandemic, it was just getting traction, maybe around the health sector mainly. We know the local delivery pilots and and the active um, active partnerships have been really engaged in the system change thinking. But the pandemic itself, I think, has really demonstrated what system change is because we've seen organisations working together working differently and working to a common purpose. The fourth is the whole issue of, of, of inequalities. And this takes us into to why I think proportionate universalism is, is something that ties all these four themes together. Um, Marmot started over a decade ago, looking at health inequalities in this country. He previously looked at it on a world scale, but he started 10 years ago and exposed the health inequalities in this country. And in very simple terms, that means the poorer you are, the earlier you die. And the poorer you are, the more likely you to get uh, disabling health problems earlier in your life. That's health inequalities. He then analysed why we've got those inequalities. And he came to the conclusion that it's about uh, a whole range of wider determinants of health. Not the health system itself, but the rest of the system. So employment, housing, education, early years, the environment. In other words, it's the system failure that creates health inequalities. He then goes into looking at how have we dealt with that in the past and the fact that we've chosen to target on the most deprived. And he argues that that won't address health inequalities. What you do is get a little short-term uptick around those particular communities. But actually what you create then is a whole series of other problems. A, those people feel labelled and stigmatised. B, the people who are just outside that geographical area or community who feel they're not quite deprived enough, so they're now missing out. So organisations then move resources around to deal with the frustration of other people. And then at the end of the intervention, whether it's urban renewal or whether it's our own world of targeting, people are left feeling incredibly frustrated because their lives haven't really changed and the rest of the system has just continued in the same old way. So they still don't feel part of the system. So Marmot then argues that to address that, he introduces the concept of proportionate universalism. And he argues that you need to to address a universal service for everybody, but the energy and the effort needs to go into enabling that universal service to be appropriate, particularly for those with the greatest need. And he says that's the way to change the social gradient and narrow the in the, the the differences in health inequalities. So everybody gets something to improve their health, but those in greatest need gets the most uh, support and effort and contribution. And that's the model. And linking back, my arguments have been all the way along. We've got to address that to uh, deal with inequalities in our own section, our own sector. The method of doing it is about being part of system change and it's the only route to help support the recovery of the sector. There you are, there's the introduction.
0: Marvellous. So um, what is it that has... How have how have um, these inequalities manifested themselves in our sector? Just I, I get Martin that we've we've got to think about things on a much broader scale, but first of all, help us understand what is it that we've done or not done that, that is, is perhaps perpetuating these types of inequalities in in the stuff that we in this in the system we live in, sport and physical activity.
1: I'll try and do this quite simply. Let's just look at the facility sector in its entirety and the work the the key graph that was in the paper I did now published. When you look at that data, which was made up of you know hundreds of data streams from facilities. Um have I just lost you?
0: No, I can yeah,
1: sorry. my screen just changed. Um so you look at that data, and what it shows very clearly is that among the richer communities, we are over overrepresented in our usage. Among the poorer communities, we are underrepresented in our usage. Um, so. You can come to a conclusion that mainly in our facilities, and I have no reason to believe if we did the same thing in sports clubs, we would find exactly the same thing. What we could argue is that because we are actually making the better off fitter and healthier at the expense of the least well off, we're actually making health inequalities worse, not better. Mm. We're not putting so we're it that- more effort into those mm. in the greatest need
0: so we're just part of the system that is, is contributing to those um, inequalities
1: we are part of what Marma argues is the system failure around education mm. and housing we are no worse mm. we are making health inequalities worse by the way we are providing our services in our facilities and clubs mm. and that explains why we're not closing the gap in terms of inactivity levels and participation levels for the last 40 years.
0: So, so if, if I'm reading this right, then um, guys, what it, we're, we've, we've perhaps been, and, and, uh, and, and everybody who, whatever we de- decide the system is, but as in sports and physical activity, we, we just consider things through a narrow lens as do other parts of the system, maybe in education or in social care or in, in health, they're looking at things through a narrow, their own lens. And what Marmot's saying is that if we collaborated to a greater degree, then we'd, and, and, and started to identify common purpose and, and share thoughts and, and issues, then we'd be all going to work on the whole system. Is, is that, a reasonable. argument yeah,
1: argues is that we have to address this as a system level.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that we need to improve job opportunities. We need to improve the environment. We need to improve education opportunities, early years opportunities. And we need to be part of that same strategy. We need to be able to go to that table and say, our role is to improve activity levels.
0: Mm-hmm. But if
1: we're going to do that, we've got to switch our emphasis from this pattern that we've been following to a different pattern. We've got to change our system to become part of the bigger system change.
2: Mm. Mm. I think sure as well, John, sorry, John, can I, you mm. know, I, mm. I think Martin hit, it, hit the nail on the head earlier, it's, you know, we've been driven by efficiency considerations, haven't we, over the last 10 years? And uh, we've lost our effectiveness as a as a sector. Mm. We've become quite narrow in our outlook. I think, think, in Oxford, we've got the healthy place shaping way of working now, which is thinking about the the environment, thinking about activating communities, and it's thinking about new models of care that enable people to be active uh, and and healthy and um, purposeful. But mm. one of the one of the great illustrations at Oxford has been uh, what they call a community impact zone, which is around Blackbird Lees. Now, when I was a young lad, that's where they invented um, running your motors away, wasn't it? I forget the road, rail <laughs> or something like that. But it's still the most deprived bit of bit of Oxford. It's got a shiny new leisure facility, and and I'm sure it's fairly typical in that it's probably used by a lot of people outside that area. And mm-hmm. you know, it's it's. It's an efficient building, and the council have moved miles in the last ten years, but it's not actually delivering on local outcomes, which is around health. So we've got a long way to go, but we we have got some potential, I think, here if we really think think things through and look look at things from through a different lens.
0: And, and do you think,
2: uh, Paul, that you know in that
0: situation that you know that that's you know maybe, maybe that's a, uh, one of these sort of targeted interventions martin maybe that that you you spoke about earlier that we we've provided you know nice and shiny in a um in a deprived um area because the system isn't fixed all all around it then that local community is saying mm, it's not really for me or or have we thought about our strategies and our outreach work in order to ensure that you know that facility does work for those local people
1: I think for me this concept of how you apply it and we all four of us have been playing with this concept of applying Mm. it's a bit like joining the motorway isn't it when you're coming onto a motorway you have to use the acceleration to get up to speed to be able to join the system. What I think we've been doing is keeping people in the acceleration lane while the system just keeps going past them. So The challenge is how do we enable people and work with people in the acceleration lane so they can accelerate and how do we teach the other drivers to let them onto the road?
0: Yeah. Is that an
3: analogy that works for you? Oh,
0: I love that analogy.
3: It yeah. does, although uh, as usual, in my usual way of challenging you there, Martin, are uh, we asking him to join the wrong road? Um, <laughs> that's that's a great choice. question. Seriously, should I we? I would
1: argue that's their choice. Do they want to join the rugby club? Do they want to join the leisure centre? Do they want to do something different? The interesting thing is, is they've got to be able to join it on their terms as well as other people's terms.
3: It's well, well, about it. mutual respect, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, my, 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 I'd obviously also bring in some of my sport for development stuff more recently. So, I, I agree with you on all of that. But it's also then about co creation at local level for stuff that, and, and, and building it outwards from the community. Um, I think you remember, Martin, when I worked for you many, many, many years ago, my first ever uh, job at Leicester City Council, we had a community development team that sat next to us in the Recreation and Arts Department whose sole job was to co-create solutions. I ran projects that were community-led. You know, we sort of, I don't know we always say we're going backwards in these things, but the reality is, are we asking people to fit into a system that however attractive we make it, how many barriers we remove, it's still not the sort of thing, especially if we're talking wider sport and physical activity to tackle tackle these health inequalities. Are we trying to retrofit stuff that we think people should do and not really genuinely community led? Um, and so that's I suppose that's my only challenge, Martin. Are we asking no. to them a carriageway? We need more lanes and it should be them deciding they want to not join the carriageway and do it in the in, the, mm. uh, in gutter or in the other uh, by. I totally that. That Way too far.
1: <laughs> I've, I've just been out for coffee with the guy that ran that team, you would be pleased to know. <laughs> uh, that's very relevant. But, yes, I think you're right. Um, and I think my answer to that question would be that, that if you look at our system, which we made up of a whole range of potential providers and opportunities, uh, leisure centres, sports clubs, community groups. It what what I would argue is that if those providers work together and really understood what the community needs were, then you could make that informed decision with the communities. Is it about changing the traffic flow on the road? Is it about keeping them in the in the acceleration lane a bit longer? or is it about building another lane completely mm. separate but they can still progress yeah. but they can progress at their their speed and on their terms but you can only make that decision collectively you can't make it well through collaboration you can't make that by mm. competition. so that that leisure's going that leisure centre's going to compete with the park and that park's going to compete with the rugby club if you've got competition at the art of that system, forget it. And that's why this is about changing, it's about changing mindsets. It's about changing mindsets, yeah. changing behaviors. Um, uh, I mean, I've just been playing around with this model of system change that, that 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 I'll publish later this week, shared with you guys this morning. And and it talks about four 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 levels. Changing changing the actions or events, changing the structures, um, uh, changing the goals, or changing the beliefs, the value. And and the way they've described it in in the model as a set of scales, I think is really interesting because the biggest weight that you have to shift is values and beliefs. You can keep playing with actions, and we have done, we've spent 40 years playing with actions and structures. We've had goals, but do have we really believed in them? But we haven't fundamentally shifted the values. What you've just talked about, Andy, is fundamentally shifting those values. Yeah, mm. and that's the hardest bit.
0: And, and if, um, if if that's the case, it, it whilst we have to do our bit in our sector. Surely, one of the responsibilities, if this is about the whole system, one of the responsibilities that comes with that is a responsibility to, um, to share and influence and collaborate with other sectors. So that is, otherwise, we, we will only ever be uh, putting effort into our part of the whole whole system and and surely so this is this is this is challenging the beliefs that we've always had isn't it you know I go to work in the sport and physical activity sector and as long as I do my bit there then I'll I will have done a good job but I think what we're saying is that if we're if we're truly to shift um shift things and start to truly address health inequalities then we've got to part of our role is a part of our duty is not just to our own theme it's to others as as well
2: yeah to share some of our thoughts i i think john that's a really important part and i think that's where covid has been a bit of a game changer because in the last 12 months we've all had a common enemy um and we've all we have in oxfordshire there's been some extraordinary work being done by the health service by local authorities and and by the voluntary sector and you're talking in a leafy glade like oxfordshire hundreds and hundreds of you know food banks and and mm. around delivering prescriptions and it's been wonderful and i do think it's shown us what's possible so we need to have a common enemy i think which which i would translate into an ambition and um and then it then you do see the value of what we do and actually you know for a while i don't think it lasted he was pretty central to a lot of the conversation wasn't it and some of the advocacy from from lectures on the top table so I think part of achieving the mindset that Martin referred to is is saying why can't every child in Oxford learn to swim and cycle safely? Why is that not a legitimate ambition? To achieve that, we have to change a hundred things, not one thing. Mm. And operators aren't responsible for all of that. It's it's a whole thing, a whole new mindset. I think, um, G- and what G- think? skills and swimming and cycling, you know, mm. and all right, one of those million people might might be an Adam Peaty or a Chris Boardman, but the rest of them will be pretty healthy. They'll be helping the climate. Um, they'll be going out with their kids and their family. You know, there's so many benefits and we've never <laughs> sold those terribly well, I don't think.
0: Do you think we can cling on to those behaviours? Because you're right. I mean, I know that I think it was, um, I think there's, there was a cycling club in Banbury that, that um, quite prominently... Uh, you know, um, harnessed itself and and um, club members, cycling club members, yeah. you know, uh, were delivering prescriptions, weren't they, over, over yeah. the course of the last, uh, and, yeah. and, you know, that's that shows terrific grassroots sport and physical activity playing a role, a, a wider role in, in society and what have you. How do we, do you think we could cling on to those types of, that sort of nat- natural sort of offer of, support and assistance and understanding of of a bigger um a bigger system how do we cling on to that as we come out of
1: and i think what we've seen over the 12 months is the majority of people despite agreeing with us in some of those earlier discussions oh yes we have to build back they didn't really want to build back they just wanted to get the house back as it was before and the you know the constant campaigning for money 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 to put the the house back it was has been about that. It wasn't, give us some money to rebuild the house better. I never heard that phrase come out. But Mm. I think people are now realising, 12 months, 18 months on, that they can't repair it. It doesn't make sense to repair it because the context is now totally different. So they have to rebuild it. And I think we're at that moment, unfortunately, in terms of facilities, councils may make decisions in the next few months that we totally dislike um, mm. and they'll take the decision to, to to change it fundamentally and it won't have the opportunity to to address the problems we're talking about
0: i think that there's there's clearly at, at a facility level there's clearly we because Facility um, commissioning, as 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 you mentioned earlier, and as Paul mentioned earlier, is largely based upon this um, uh, objective of efficiency. Can we deliver the service cheaper? Then, um, whilst whilst that doesn't change, and and cost or price is um, is the driver, then those that are responsible for the, the management of, of facilities operators whether they are third sector operators trusts in-house um operations will continue to be driven by the by the same thing and i think that there there's there's serious pressure serious financial pressure um on those people to uh, to recover their their businesses they've exhausted reserves um and so it's it's the the natural sort of default action is to go back and behave in the way that we we did before because we've got a business to um that, that our, our primary purpose is to step, sustain our business first and foremost actually what's re- and, and, and that won't address some of the things that um you've spoken about or we've spoken about today around health inequality what's required is that operators and commissioners um collaborate share thoughts on things and and say look if we if we want to use sport and physical activity as a means by which we can improve and affect society for the for the good then we think have to think about commissioning differently and rather than thinking about the price or the cost of the service we have to think about we have to apply a value to the service how much do we value facility provision how much do we value the ability for Uh, children to uh, learn to learn to swim how much do we value the you know two-thirds of cardiac rehab programs go on in in community um, facilities and it would be awful if we um, if we lost those Um, but the danger is that the 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 prime mover remains efficiency until somebody says puts their hand up and says hang on if we continue to drive towards that objective We'll continue to get what we've always got, and I think it's that's we, it will require operators and commissioners to be quite courageous and to show real leadership. I would suggest.
1: I think you're absolutely right, John, and, and your phrase, the difference between price and value, is 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 absolutely central to that. But the problem with systems is that very often the price is paid by one person, but the value is 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 yeah. achieved by somebody else yeah. and unless you are bought into the system that's a very difficult concept so for it for for instance uh, you could have councils now deciding we need to put in um you know another 100k a year uh, in order to address inequalities in our facility stock that's what it's going to take to deal with changing the offer and the price
0: mm.
1: the beneficiaries of that is going to be the health service and and, and whilst upper tier authorities will probably understand that concept of mm. part of integrated care systems, i fear district councils will really struggle to engage with that thinking Because Mm. what they will see is, well, it's us at the district level that's got to put in the extra 100,000. But we're not responsible for public health. We're not responsible for health. So why are we paying for this when somebody else is going to get the benefits from it? And, and, you know, when you talk about... But isn't
0: that that leadership? Isn't that that leadership? leadership When, you know, I'm prepared to give for the benefit of others.
1: And, and, and I know there is a number of two-tier county areas where this debate is getting very, very interesting. Uh, I'm sure it is in Oxfordshire, uh, particularly you know, the, the changes that are going on around there. Are you prepared to contribute to somebody else's benefit for the greater good? That is leadership. Can I just share with you? I mean, I, sorry to jump in, John. But mm. people often ask me, what is my best example of yeah. the application of proportionate universities? Yeah. Mm. And I always go back to Birmingham and the B Active scheme and, and Karen Krevich. Um, and, and I think it's worth just re-echoing uh, e- that. Um, it started with uh, uh, public health having a fund of money available and chose to put it into a part of Birmingham. Um, So it was about providing an additional investment. And it was premised on the belief that there would be upstream benefits. So they took the risk. Okay, they had the budget available, but they put their money in. And then they designed a system around it. And that system started with offering membership to everybody. So anyone could be a member of the Be Active scheme. And they reached a point, and I know the the cabinet member at the time used to say this um, more people were on the membership scheme than used to vote in Birmingham. (laughs) That's That's how popular it was. But then what they did ultimately is apply a proportionally universal offer. So if you lived at the end of that rail track on the outer suburbs of Birmingham, I think the local facility there, you would probably get an hour's free time a week. If you lived in Hansworth, right in the centre where deprivation was at its highest, you probably got two or three hours a day. So. It was a universal offer, and I I remember Karen and and Steve saying they always used to get criticised because in the outer suburbs there was a rich dentist who used to come swimming. Why, Why isn't that person paying? Why are they coming at the free slot? Well, the answer was that person is entitled to the same universal service. They just get a lot less of it. Um so to me that was that was the concept of applying mm. proportionate everybody got something mm. but those who needed the most got the most mm. and it ended up with a huge number of people doing the scheme is now i won't say it's dysfunctional but it's under real pressure because of the changes mm. around facility contracts and everything else that's not unpick that too much it's, it's too difficult but the concept i think is is really powerful it required an investment but the evaluation figure found that for every one pound that scheme invested the system got a 24 pound benefit mm. now some of that benefit was way off mm. from that. but that to me is the best example i found that explains proportionate and universal, yeah. um, and it does take investment. And now it'll take it'll. Councils will have to wrestle with this and decide: Do we want a commercial or more commercial offer that makes inequalities worse, or are we prepared to invest something under the principle of, uh, mm. of integrated care systems, knowing? That somebody else is going to get the benefit of of, of what we're
0: doing. What? I, I think is, it's I, th- I think it's a it's a it's a good example, um, Martin. And uh, we we have chatted really? in the past about the the challenges that uh, that it also presented. I think that we should we should think about that as a as a good example, and then think about how we could accentuate it because that was a universal system unfortunately, imposed onto, onto things. If that um, had gone in and it had gone in a collaborative way and we could have addressed, operators together could have also applied their minds, we can slot that in. And can we address legacy issues around concession schemes and pricing and, and, and other things that exist in, in the wider leisure system? I think it would have been even more successful. Yeah, I agree with it. Do, do, do you know what I mean? And I, th- I think it, it just shows that, you know, it's a great example of of the application of proportionate universalism. And it also shows the potential is that if if you take some of the branch lines off, you can deal and, and deal with other things at the same time. Yeah. You would get mm-hmm. even greater um, effect. And I think its its critics would. Um, will overlook the fact that the opportunity actually is to is to entwine it with other things as well and start to address those by applying similar type of type of thinking. Yet then you'll you'll get a yeah a a, a much greater effect. What
1: we're talking about is if we did it again now, we would do it under the model of system thinking.
0: Yes. yes.
1: Exactly presentation off by saying you can't separate now these four things. The recovery of our sector um, and and the other three drivers need to be looked at through the same lens. They're not four mm. separate problems; they're one problem that need to be mm. looked at together. Well, I Just guess. I how do you think operators are responding to this? I mean, you're you're the one of our teams who's closest to some of the the operators than we are.
0: Do they get uh, I, it? I, I think it varies. I, I think that they have a desire to, I think these new Sport England strategy is more meaningful to them than ever before. I think the, um, I think there are some differences, um, depending upon, because the operators are reliant upon their partnerships with, um, local authorities. And if the partnership has the relationship is a strong one if it's collaborative to use that that word again um if there's an appreciation of of each other then the likelihood is that they will work through and find new solutions to new problems new solutions to old problems um i think where where those things don't exist i think it's it's challenging i think the 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 operators the multi-contract operators um have a have a challenge because they have businesses that they need to need to sustain and um uh, and that's their 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 duty most most of them are, are, are charitable um, entities and your duty as a as a, a board of trustees or or, or, or execs are, um their duty is to ensure that the, those organizations are sustainable and that's a very very fiscal um fiscal thing um, so I think there are differences um, uh, around there I think where and I think it's like lots of things in life relationship dependent and I will come back to um, this value versus costing I think where uh, the commissioners the local authority um, believe in the value of the service they're much more likely to commit to shifting mindset making change reaching out forging new relationships learning a new language in order that they can participate and and have dialogue with health and 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 what have you and i think that that's and i I think there are examples of that going on um where the commissioner it, it continues to be driven by the transactional relationship they have with their operator then That will remain the the only driver, and that that will be a challenge because and 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 I think um, that will leave operators who who have got a desire to do good. They genuinely do have a desire Mm. to do good. It could well leave them in a very very difficult place because they're being asked to do um, they're being asked to respond in a way that perhaps won't benefit. The things that we've been talking about over the course of the last fifty minutes or so, and that will be that will be a shame. But I, th- I think um, I think to sort of in, in terms of, of to try and sort of conclude our our session. I think inevitably, um, whilst we all like the whole system to change and everybody to get it at, at, the, at the same time, <laughs> life doesn't work like that, does it? and 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 therefore you know what will what i think my desire is that where where people do get it they take action and and they take the initiative um and have the the conviction of their their, their beliefs and so in oxfordshire if, if if a handful of people get it get this concept just keep it in your teeth and don't let go until you've you've managed to sort of persuade others to influence others find different ways in which you can open dialogue and start to but 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 act